1: This is the Rose and Shine podcast, featuring the Swedish sisters Josephine Roos and Victoria Rose solson Based in Stockholm and New York, we share experiences from our international lives and careers.
2: Welcome! This episode is about your career and dare to change. Will changing it make it better, more fun, more interesting or not, so... Do you dare to change in order to get your dream career? Good afternoon, this is Victoria sending from Stockholm. And good morning, this is Josephine from New York. And based on today's topic, we have invited one of our best friends, Pum Svart, sending from Holland. A warm welcome, Pum. Thank you, so happy to be here. It's excellent to have you here. And apart from being one of our best friends, a roommate from college, etc., you've really had the courage to change careers. Completely, quite a few times. So, I mean, you've been in hospitality, television, where you interviewed all these really famous people. And I mentioned earlier Tom Cruise. And you said, well, my favorite was Leonardo, you know, (laughs) so really big names. Then you went into charity, you traveled the world, and now you're working with a super corporate Nike in charge of their events. So we thought you're the perfect person to join us for this
1: episode and really talk about... Dare to change in your career. We hope you're going to teach us everything how you do to change from one one step to another.
3: (laughs) Exactly. And and you teach me every episode.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: So they say that Gen X will change career five times in their lifetime. And I remember hearing this a long time ago and I thought, That's ambitious, but, you know, we'll live for a long time, as we've said, and work a lot longer than previous generations. So maybe thank goodness that we'll do some changing and the millennials the same or even more. So it's
1: probably a really good thing that we're going to change. What do you think? Yeah, no, I I certainly think we're we're changing careers a lot more and we're certainly changing jobs a lot more and taking on new and and other responsibilities and it's really a fantastic way to
3: to keep learning. Yeah. And I, and I also think that changing your perspective makes you grow. For me personally, it's it's not only literally doing different things, it's also being with different mm. people with different views and Values also makes me look at myself differently, I guess. That's so that true. there is no one truth, which is wonderful.
2: Yeah, that's definitely true, and it actually expands your mind and challenge your mind in many ways, right? Because I'd say lots of industries they have their own cultures and their own ways, and kind of that becomes your mantra of this is how it is,
3: right? Yeah, and it's so different. If you change, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, first of all, like, do we need to have a plan about our career. And and I mean, did we have one? Pom, did you have a plan for your career?
3: My well, my plan was that I wanted to be and add value. Do something impactful and do something, you know, with and for people. So yes, that is what I knew. Another thing I knew is that I, I loved um art and music and all all the beautiful things in life. That's where my passion was. But to really say it's that job that I aspire and I'm going to get to that job by doing these jobs? No. So no like go-to uh, plan, but I did have a lot of aspirations, yes.
2: Yeah, and I mean, Josephine, we spoke about you earlier. You saw the UN building at the age of 14 and were like, I'm going to work there one day. But how is your plan really?
1: Yeah, no, so I think I kind of had a plan and actually maybe it even started with the plan was to not end up in hospitality because that's where our parents <laughs> were, were working in and we were so much part of the family business. And in one way I was proud of it, but I just kind of wanted to have, do something else and, and, and as POM also, you know, be part of something bigger and, and add value and, and, and meaning. So I, I kind of started off having this, um, plan that was quite, I wouldn't say detailed, but to some extent quite outlined But I think now it's also changing more and more. But in the beginning, I think I had more of a plan (laughs) than maybe now. Yeah, well, that's interesting, right? And I guess it's also
2: because times are changing and it used to be very much that you should have your plan and you should work that plan. people stayed in their jobs for 30 years, got that gold watch, etc. While now it's much more appreciated to actually change career. And I mean, for me as well, I I think I also naturally ended up in the hospitality industry. But then my first job was within learning and development. And that's just when I realized, wow, this is my passion. And once I realized that, I became quite planned. And I I must say, like the first 15 or even 20 years of my career, which it is now, which is scary, uh, have been extremely planned. But then... You know certain events and circumstances made me change that plan at times, which has made it even more exciting I'd say,
1: yeah, so I mean it's quite reassuring to know that it doesn't have to be so planned in the same way it can be a little bit provocative to hear people that haven't planned anything at all and and you know end up you know saying that "Oh, everything is so amazing and 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 they have it doesn't feel then that it, that as much work has been put into it, but maybe it also has maybe it's just a way of. Of talking
3: about it, yeah, I think, but i, I don 't not having a plan doesn 't mean go with the flow, yeah. because not having a plan and having many career changes also means you have to prove yourself every single time again and work twice as hard yeah. to prove that you can be in this space, for example now in in my corporate career. Most people don't really care what I did before. They just care how long I'm I'm working at this corporate organization. Yeah. So I actually think it's the opposite. The fact that if you change careers, you have to prove yourself over and over because your track record from before doesn't count.
1: Which is definitely true. Yeah, yeah. No, that's really interesting. So it's not about where I mean... I think that's the difference where where sometimes when we talk about it as just being by chance, it sounds like it's not so much hard work, but actually it's all about hard work.
3: Yes. (laughs) And at the same time, it isn't because, yes, it's hard work, but because you follow your energy, because I think that is answering your question, did I have a plan? Yeah. Bottom line is not a detailed one, not like Victoria had and I've seen from close by. I did always like want to follow my energy and passion and also faced the moment that I didn't feel the energy anymore or especially I feel that I couldn't grow anymore. Yeah. that it was time to change and then I thought okay then I'm going to start on a white paper all over again and change.
2: Yeah I think that's beautiful the way you say it you know follow your energy and that's when it's time to actually change. I think we'll come back to that how we know when it's time to change because that's good to find for yourself a couple of indicators I'd say.
1: But Pom so Vicky knows you very well I know you well as well but I don't know the intricacies of your career so can you tell us a little bit more about where it all started
3: and and uh Talk us through this story and and where you are today. It it started when I was like you, a, a young girl um, living close to the media Park in close to Amsterdam in Holland, where all the big TV shows are made. And I we drove by, you know, a couple of times a week, and I knew one day one day I want to I want to work there. Didn't really know in what. Then I ended up in, in hospitality, in the in the hotel school, because I was a bit too young and especially too insecure to go into acting school, which I actually wanted. But you
2: know what, Pom? Sorry, let's just break there, because that's so funny. Because both of you and I, I guess this is not something that we want to share on a podcast, but now I'm doing it anyway. We both applied for our national drama schools, didn't we? Yep. And I, I didn't get selected. <laughs> yeah. No, but what, tell me again, because you did the audition and I just get this picture in my head now. And you came to this audition for this drama school in Holland and they told you to be, what was it again? An egg? Or? <laughs> oh, yes, it's a fried egg.
3: I remember. Yeah, yeah but but yeah. anyway, I just think, so So, Josephine, how I got here today is yeah. following my heart, but at the same time also being a little bit pragmatic how to get where I wanted to be. So, for example, I really wanted to go to acting school and into the entertainment world, um, but I I wasn't allowed in. I didn't have enough talent. I was very insecure, so I ended up in hospitality uh, school um, with Victoria in The Hague. But when I finished, I was doing my internship at Disney, and it was an organizing internship in the PR department, organizing the events for film premieres. And I remember being on the red carpet, I was walking there and I thought, I don't want to sell. I don't want to do PR for this movie. I want to make the movie. Yeah. Now, long story short, <laughs> I got retrained. I said to my parents, that I love this degree, but I actually want to do something else. Thankfully, they supported it because I can imagine not every parent does that.
2: Yeah, because you basically just graduated after four years of college, right? So Yeah,
3: yeah. I graduated and I said, this is great. <laughs> I'm going to put it in my back pocket and do something else. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I had to start from scratch, but literally carry cables because I re- uh, do film editing, be an assistant director with all sorts of, I went to this really edgy underground TV world. At age 22. And I remember, so, uh, you know, that
2: edgy, as you say, but also not always very friendly. I remember you kind of always talking about your job having high pulse and, you know, it it kind
3: of really pushed your comfort zone I'd say right totally and at the same time I guess a high pulse is is it's good a red thread in in my life I like it yeah so it's it's like Pippi Lundstrom from from, what is it again I can't do it so I'm gonna do it anyway so I think I can do it yeah you mean fake it till you make it (laughs) yeah totally and I and I love her attitude and that kind of makes me excited if I can't do something I really want to understand, learn, grow, and then be the best eventually. Mm -hmm. So, well, going from TV industry, which was exciting indeed, and I basically did every job, and I worked seven days a week just to be as good as I could get.
2: And in the end, you were in the front. I mean, you did some great interviews. Don't you have any great stories from that time? I mean, who did you... You interviewed Tom Cruise, I remember clearly, uh, and Leonardo. Why was he the coolest, by the way?
1: Oh, because Um, because he was Leonardo
3: DiCaprio
1: my god (laughs) yes
3: I think it's the aesthetics but also because he invited me for a drink and a cigarette after the interview and that was really nice but no honestly Tom Cruise was I think the most memorable I remember him shaking my hand uh, for the first time I interviewed him three times and then He has this very, I guess it's Scientology, he has this very intense look in his face. Mm -hmm. And then we did the interview and three years later in another city, because the first time I interviewed him was in New York. And then I was on the red carpet in in Amsterdam. And he walks and there's hundreds of people. And I was right at the front with this camera crew. And he walks at me, he comes and he says, how are you? He shakes my hand and he does the the scary look again. (laughs) I'm like, this is... This is just so I guess he, <laughs> it's just a skill he learned. Wow! So um, no, no, and and this this is very superficial. But I, I had the opportunity to make a lot of beautiful stories, TV shows, meaningful ones, and then at one point the kids came, and you know, flying up and down to the US every month, and is not the very best combination. And also, I think I wanted to, yeah, to be closer to what really adds value. I guess in TV, everything you make and film is disappears. It's quite superficial. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I thought I want to go into the charity. And somehow I made a documentary about a TV show about this charity, which included a very famous lady. And I was interviewing her and the director of the charity. And after the interview, we stayed in touch. And at one point they said, you have such great ideas, come and run the marketing and communications for our global charity. And I said, you know what? I'd love to, yeah. But I do think every big change—I was thinking about it before we were talking today—you need to grieve a little bit. So I did have to say goodbye to the TV industry and went slowly into charity as a, there was a transition period. Mm-hmm. But I, I did—it did break my heart to say goodbye to this cool rock and roll life that I had and then go into something completely different i want to build a charity organization or grow it it was already there yeah well then i have to sacrifice so i started again i started all over again from scratch no Um, what did your family say about that well my husband really and i think that's if you look at enablers on how you can make those big changes in life you really need to be with someone my parents when i was younger now my husband even the children at this point you know, they really have to support it, otherwise, you can't do it. Yeah. Um, so, you're in it as a team. But yeah, the, so the charity organ- uh, career move is, I think, one of the best I've made. And especially, as you, both of you probably know, media is changing a lot, you know, from making meaningful, beautiful documentaries. Everything happens on mobiles. It's more about flogging and blogging. and Podcasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, w- which I love. But So I followed the energy of, I want to do something more meaningful. I have children. I want to make the world a better place. So also, working in a charity when your kids are small makes you feel proud as a mom because you think, you know, in the end... It's their world. Yeah. So it was a beautiful thing to do in, in that moment of time. So what was the charity? It was um, to empower young boys and girls to own their life. And it was to um, improve sexual and reproductive health and rights for young teenagers around the world.
2: And then you did bring in dance, right? In it. Like movement and dance
3: using dance and movement as one unifying language to because that's a thing, you know, whatever culture you're from, if you put on music and you put young teenagers into a room, you know, they they lose the boundaries. And it was also used, you know, we use the dance industry to do a lot of fundraising,
1: yeah. And that was amazing. I mean, we met up, I just moved to Myanmar, but I was back in New York. Uh, And you invited me to come along for this uh, all-white party, right? Which was for the charity. Yeah, it was
3: Sensation White in New York. It was exciting, wasn't it? Yeah, Yeah. really, really fun. Yeah, and I think it was one euro every ticket that went to our charity organization. So, you know, those going back to, you know, I made big career changes, but there is a very clear red thread. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I always, when I'm in job interviews or when people are exploring what, you know, if... If I'm interested, I always say if you read my resume, it's kind of hard to get the the storyline. Mm. But it's very easy to explain because there's one red thread and that's um, storytelling and moving people, getting people excited about something. Exactly. And and I'm thinking that you
2: went from television into this charity and you say that you have this passion for storytelling and making people change and a little bit the, the bigger good. What did you bring from that? television knowledge and
3: experience into that charity life i I think that's a great question um what i learned in tv is that every story can be told in 45 seconds and sometimes if you're lucky one and a half minute people want to explain very thoroughly want to tell exactly what they did in general strategic language is often very hard to explain but then i said if we want to do fundraising across populations, you have to make it digestible for any audience, meaning you have to be able to tell what you do and how you do it in one and a half minute. So telling a story in 45 seconds or one and a half minute is something that I brought to the charity.
2: Yeah, and I think that's really... Great, You know, to see sometimes if we do change completely and we do different things in life, we can really add value to wherever we go because we bring a completely different perspective. And that's great. And I'm thinking about our mother who really came into the hospitality industry through our father. And she had a major in history and psychology and, you know, and she brought in a new perspective to the industry, created like a new education for room attendance and everything that became quite successful and I'm thinking it's actually really good not to just be shaped by one culture or by one industry but bring these things into life don't you think?
1: Yeah and I also think that it's really about finding your niche, right? That kind of means that you could actually find your niche within many different industries. Yeah. Like you said, the hospitality wasn't the dream industry for our mom, but she found she found a really interesting niche there. And then it's what Spom is saying. It's about finding a bit of your story. And I think that that story... It sounds very clear in, in your case, Pom, that story. Yeah. And
2: I think it's also being, I guess, true to that story. I mean, how do you, you you said earlier, Pom, which I loved is that I follow my energy and that's kind of a clue then that you know when it's time to change. Yosan, do you have any triggers like that when you know it's time for you to change? Maybe not
1: career entirely, but Move, do something different for me it 's been a lot about location lately, and maybe that 's because i haven 't been stable in terms of where i 've been living and then it 's been there 's a time where you feel like okay i I need to move on that 's how I felt after five years in myanmar it's, you know it 's fascinating, but I need to I need to take this experience and these lessons and and go to a new context. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So sometimes that has been very much context based for me. And with changing context, you'll certainly bring the lessons that I've learned from Myanmar, you will bring in and that will add value when you go to a new, new context.
2: Yeah, so for me, I've, I've really, I have a couple of sort of trigger points or, or things that I, I look for that I know when this happens, it is time for me to change. And And one is that, as you know, I'm super passionate about learning. And when I start to feel that, Actually, I'm really not learning anything new. I mean, even even if you're not learning, you still do lots of things, right? You still give all of your energy and you're producing and creating. So it takes a lot of energy, but you don't get that much back. That's kind of, for me, like a mark that, okay, it's time to go. If that kind of goes down a little bit for me, then I'm like, okay, no, probably for me, it's time now to do something else.
3: Yeah, exactly. And I think also when that stays, everybody has days that you have and you get more energy from work than other days. But I think when it's over a longer period of time and you you also feel you can't recover, mm-hmm. there is no, you know, up moments anymore. Yeah. Um, that's a moment to really reflect on, you know, am I spending my time and energy in the right way? Yeah. And I totally recognize um, your comments about... Yes, following the energy, but the energy is also very much in has to do with growth. In my case, I recognize that, mm-hmm. and also challenged. I really want to be challenged, and I also know that I'm if I'm not challenged at the right level, that's for me that's killing. But then at the same time. Never change a job just because you don't like the boss that you have or go to a new job because of that boss. Yeah.
2: So Even though that is one of the most common reasons people leave jobs, according to statistics, because of their boss. Yes.
1: And it was the first that I googled, though, on the wrong reasons.
3: Yeah. (laughs) To leave. I never left um, a job because I had a difficult boss. I've had some. Yeah. And the nice thing, I have this great story. I had a a boss for a while and um, this person left, uh, was promoted and on the goodbye party, I thanked and I said, actually, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for making me work, uh, you know, also looking at myself differently and just working with someone that's so different than I am, challenging me and making me uncomfortable and still I wanted to be successful. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I even think difficult bosses learn you something, especially about yourself. And difficult bosses go and then a nice boss often comes and then you go and fly off yeah although I realize it shouldn't take too long but um, no I I, I think following the energy looking at am I still learning and developing am I surrounded by people that are gonna inspire me challenge me um, keep me grounded both on a personal level with my friends but also in my work is extremely important
1: Getting back to your career, am I right to remember that after the charity, you left the charity, you did something completely different and then you decided not to do that and Nike came along?
3: Yeah, and, and actually it was very, now you're saying it, and I feel still that feeling of embarrassment because I, so I quit my job at the charity uh, because it came down to the fact that there was no more growth opportunity. And I, I saw that I couldn't grow, couldn't learn anymore. So I said, then it's time to go. And it was a beautiful, I, I really believe in goodbyes like that, big, big, beautiful ribbon about after five amazing years. And then I didn't really have a plan. So I thought, you know what, I'll, I'll see. I had my, you know, independent contractor status. But to be very, very honest, I loved it. But I never felt very passionate about working on my own, starting off and hit the ground running all by myself. I never felt. You know the the blood streaming where it should be. Yeah. And then Nike came along, and they approached me, and I thought, you know, I'm 39. It's a great opportunity. Maybe we can still move with the family um, abroad for a couple of years, which is also one of my aspirations. Nike enable can enable that. So you know, again, following Pippi Langström, yeah, <laughs> go for it. And, and, go. it was a, yeah. uh, and it was a very <laughs> challenging role with a very difficult assignment. And somehow that triggers in me, it was like, okay, okay. And the more complicated it gets, the more excited I get.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but which was great. And I think that's uh, also really cool to see also and sort of explore what are my passions and really be honest with yourself. I mean, I'm sure you could have made a successful consultant. And I remember that period and lots of really famous people were approaching you and you were like, well, this is really not my cup of tea. And I think that's also quite brave to say to yourself that, okay, let's let's leave that and let's go for this. So how
3: is the corporate world? Do Do you enjoy it? yes I, I do now um, so it's two years right now and I really had to get used to it going to this mega mega huge organization with uh, you know in a matrix construction with many bosses many cultures people that most of the time work there for a very very long time and then coming in in a fairly senior position at a fairly late age is not easy yeah but right now so it took I must say I had some moments where I didn't follow the energy because the energy told me, okay, run and get out of here. But I thought, no, you know, I also really think you have to give things a chance. I also felt I'm not done yet. I also felt I want to finish it. And actually now after two years, I really, really like it.
2: I think that's a really good point because what you're saying, and which is very much true, having now worked as a consultant for quite a while, every organization has their own unique culture and and when you come into a new organization it's in a sense like moving to a new country and first of all it's like weird and you're trying to figure out the culture and you walk in and you do all these don'ts that you're not aware of you know and walk into those little traps and then you know before you kind of learn the ins and out. You know, give it a chance because that's when you realize that, okay, maybe I can thrive in this culture, in this place, etc.
1: Don't you agree? Yes. Sorry. I, I'm just really intrigued, Pom, because I think for many people, I think Nike is a dream company, a dream company to work for, like a big corporate company. And in the, you were in a different field working in charity. So taking that step from going to charity and and then starting to work for a large corporation – um, it's really difficult for many. So now it sounds like that kind of came along, but I still wonder, do you have any tips or or ideas or key lessons for people that do want to make
3: that change from one world to another? I think to Vicky's point, I think understanding the culture and staying very close to your own values that combination is very important, Yeah, are the Mm -hmm. two main things. And I think giving yourself some time, being kind to yourself, I'm often not. And I really had to because I had to think and I fortunately have had some amazing leaders who also said, take your time. You do not, you cannot and you do not have to prove yourself in three months time because you know big organizations move in many areas slowly you know if you make a decision you make a really good one and therefore you take your time yeah so literally my whole way of thinking had to change yeah so yes understanding the culture and staying close to your own values are I think the two main points and be number three be kind to yourself yeah that's true so now we've talked
2: about, you know, changing careers and, and all the different things that we've done. And Pum, you've changed already. You're in your third or actually fourth career. Um, can we change too often? Is there a risk, you know, if you change your career too much? What, what do you both think?
1: Um, so, from my perspective, I mean, I think that you always have this. Uh, isn't there like a recommendation? You should always stay in a job two years. Or <laughs> there's this idea that you don't want to be seen as someone who's jumping around too much. I think there is an interesting uh, article, relatively recently. We can we can find it and put it on the blog. But it's really about that. When have you stagnated? Yeah. And when you have stagnated, we talked about it a lot. But when you've stagnated, it's time to move on. I agree. Well, are, and and
3: aren't you too late when you stagnated? Possibly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That that might be true. I think the curve was something like you know it takes two years to learn the job, and then you know you have like two or maybe three and then you have like another two years where you really start to like flourish and you become really really good at it and then after that it's kind of time to change like a five-year rotation sounds uh, (laughs) pretty much in line with that in terms of where you have got at that time in, in your job but of course you shouldn't stick to like a strict um time is uh, strict five years yeah but
2: I think it's dangerous to put you know like the, I, even though I know a lot of we talk about that you know this is the amount of time you should stay in this and this role I do think what we've said before before you stagnate when you're still learning and I know I mean I know of friends and people in our network that have amazing careers but have stayed within their same organization and Almost the same roles as well, but they've just kept learning and growing and and, and developing as well. I guess it can be very individual what's important for you in a career. And based on that, you make your decisions if it's time to change or not.
1: Don't you agree? I agree very much with that. And I think we probably more have a tendency to stay too long rather than go too early.
2: I guess. Yeah, that could definitely be. But it's also important to think about that not to change can also be a choice, but make it a choice. If you are going to stay, don't stay just because, you know, it's the easiest way out. Make sure
1: that you really choose to stay. That's what I would say. Yeah, exactly. And you said it before, I think it's about fi- you can still find things within your current job that could be challenging and, and learning, right? Yeah. And, and, this,
3: and this is what I always, you know, when when I I manage my team, I always say, you know, you own your own career. Mm-hmm. You make decisions. And as long as you feel that you're growing and that you're in a good place, doesn't mean growing, it means up, but can also be growing personally or investing in personal time with your family, then it's fine as long as you own it and then embrace it. Yeah. Yeah, and and then everything is fine. Mm. So basically, it's about
2: kind of defining your dream career and what are the key ingredients in that. And we'll prepare a pep sheet for you as always if you want to do a little bit of individual reflection after this episode. So, you know, really think about what are the components that I really love about my job? When is the time to change? Is it possibly time to change? Don't change because of other people around you but change because of what's important to you really would you agree girls that that's what we've kind of agreed on
1: yeah absolutely and I think what we haven't really talked about yet though is some more of the enablers for the change and I think it's quite common to start like maybe you want to start study you want to kind of redo something because you're doing something completely new but I think what more and more people are trying to do then is that you can start off Potentially while you work, you know, starting to explore that that is really your passion and um, while you still have the safety of a job and rather than just quitting, starting something completely new and then not liking it. Right. So unless you're super financially independent and
2: yeah, don't mind. Of course, right?
3: Right? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, otherwise. Yeah, and I guess my my number one advice and my key advice for a career move is to network. Yeah. And to talk talk to a lot of people with a lot of interesting jobs and what drives them and what their job means. And and then you often, you know, find out new worlds. And then within those worlds, they actually need people like you. Yeah. Because it's not about what it's not about skills; it's about mindset and it's about personality and but it's about mm. you know what you can achieve. And there is very often companies that are actually waiting for people like you, and you're not aware. So I think networking and keep talking.
2: And actually, Pam, that's excellent that you mentioned because that's going to be one of our next episodes: is how to build your network. Because I agree with you; that's super important. So let's close up this episode. It's been really nice chatting with you, Pom. It felt like we had a cup of coffee, even (laughs) though we're in three different cities. Uh, And uh, it was lovely to hear all about your career. And thank you so much for sharing all your great advice and thoughts on this. And thank you, everyone who's been listening. Uh, We're getting so many positive responses from all over the world, uh, as we said in the last episode, which is brilliant. If you do like the podcast, I mean, please do subscribe and give us a great rating, but also join our global community for professional women across the world, really.
1: Yeah, and we're still giving a boost. It's still your chance to boost other women. Um, so follow us on Instagram, Ruth and Shine. And hashtag give a boost and uh, give a shout out to all of the amazing uh, women in your life.
2: Yeah. So you can join the global community on rosenshine.com. But you can also join a club, which is a little bit more intense. So if you're interested in joining a club, please do subscribe on our web page because we're getting requests now from All over the UK, so England, Wales, Scotland, we're getting requests from Holland, Dubai, south of Sweden, starting up new clubs. On the 17th, we're starting up uh, two more clubs in Stockholm. So do let us know if you're interested in in being part of that movement, I'd say even, right? Absolutely. We would love to have you. So thank you again, Pom, and uh, wish you all a lovely week. Thank you.
1: Bye. Thank you. you. Bye.
0: Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter.
3: Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince
1: is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.